Here we go. All right, the poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. Ow. On a scale of one. Ow. On a scale. Ah. On a scale. Ow. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Hello and welcome to Beyond the Dreams Podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have my sister. Kristen Algonier. And we are here to talk all things Disney from the, th- uh, from the theme parks to the movies, the video games, TV shows, anything Disney. We will talk about it. And today we are going to be covering my sister's review of Galaxy's Edge uh, because she made an impromptu choice and just um, went on a whim. Yes, it was during the hurricane uh, that did not hit Central Florida at all, so uh, everybody was safe, and apparently it was very easy to get in there, and not super busy. No, and I'm still reading that it's still been like that. Really? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot about this week still being very slow. That's how September usually is. When I started working there in August, we had a lot of downtime in September, because of school going back, people don't want to take their kids out of school um, right after they start. True. So we uh, always got to go. There was a time where we went to Hollywood Studios, and it was really empty, and you were able to like pretty much walk on anything you wanted to. Um, so I know people were hoping, I guess Disney may be hoping that Star Wars Land would help push that higher, but again, people waiting for that second ride to open up. And two, uh, people just went back to school. So it may not have been best to open it at the end of summer. Um, yeah, but they're not going they're not gonna change anything based off of these short term less than we just had like its tenth day, right? I mean, so uh it's been open for about two weeks. Um you know, these are long term goals, but uh Yeah, so I guess take us into how early you had to get there, Uh, because it's opening at 6. It wasn't that day because of the hurricane, but most of the time, this is now opening at 6 a.m., so just kind of want to get your thoughts. I definitely think that that helped us. Um, Like you said, they were normally opening opening at 6 for the magic hours, Mm -hmm. Um, and the park, well... What, the park normally opens at 8 then, right? If they do that? Yeah. Okay. So, then the night before we learned that they weren't doing that, they were altering the hours because of the hurricane, because it was like, you know, kind of... The day before that was the day that they closed early. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, and they didn't open the park until 9. So, it made it more doable for us, because we're about two hours away. So... We got up and we left and we pretty much got there right at nine, um, like in the parking lot. Right. And even that we knew like, oh, this is not bad because there wasn't some crazy line just to get through the, I mean, like we literally waited behind maybe one or two cars just to do our little like pay thing or, you know, show our pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I expected that to be a lot crazier considering it was like just getting open. And then we parked right in the front. Nice. 
so I was like, okay, this this isn't looking so bad. And then that's when you had pretty much texted me before I could even open my thing and said, I think at that point it was like 60. It was at 60, I think. So I told Zach and the kids, like, listen, this is probably going to be our only chance of waiting in this line and it not being insane and also it being less than what it's saying because I heard so many people saying that, you know, it said 80 and they waited 50 or, you know, something like that. So by the time we got made it back there, it was an 80 minute wait. Mm. Um, after all was said and done, we probably waited 40 minutes. We, I know for a fact from the time we got in the line to the time we got out of the ride, it had been about 50 minutes. Right. Um, which I don't think was bad at all because let's put it this way. We got in the line and the line was wrapped around the Millennium Falcon out front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about 10 minutes into us being in line, that had already decreased. Like it wasn't even that long. It was just to the entrance way of the the line. Right, they probably didn't have everything uh, in the line open because uh, they had just opened the park, but yeah. But we kept moving. Like, the whole time it felt like you were constantly moving through the line, and then it was, it had been about 29 minutes, and that was when they separated us into the two groups, and that's when you walked into the room for the little show beforehand. Hmm. Um, Hondo, right? Yes, Hondo and I. Yeah. Uh, so that's when you do that. And then, oh, side note, while you're in line, I think it was one spot, might have been one other one, but I think it was only in one spot. They had, like, um, a little drink stand, like, kind of tucked away in there. Hmm. So we thought that was a really good idea, you know, for it being, like, people were going to wait in the long line for a while. So, um, there's a lot to look at through the thing. It doesn't feel like a long one. And I have to say that they did something right with their fans and stuff. You know, everybody complained about Toy Story Land and not having enough air and fans and shade and everything. Oh, by the way, that has changed. Uh, they just installed shading in Slinky Dog's uh, yeah, roller coaster. over the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, the whole time we were in line, you could feel, like, bursts of air, even when we were, like, outside. Hmm. Um, and then most of it, you're waiting inside. So it was kind of nice because you weren't, you know, it wasn't miserable because you're not waiting in this really hot thing um trying to think of what else so anyway we go in there we watch the hondo thing that was about 29 minutes have we gotten to that point and then from there oh that's right they kind of take you into this you kind of they had already separated you so like there's people on the left side and people on the right side and like in the middle it's just kind of like this open area and then you watch above you with the whole hondo thing and then you continue on your way, and those people continue their way. Um, and at that point, you go through, like, a little tunnel bridge thing. And then it's not that far, not long. 
and then uh, they they ask, you know, how many. So you, for the ride, it's a group of six in each one, and then they hand you your card. So there's the pilot, the gunner, and the engineer. So there's two of each. And basically, whoever the first two in your group are are the two pilots. Whoever's the second two are the two gunners, and whoever the last two in the group are the engineers. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they break, the, each one is like a certain color, like your actual little ticket thing is a color, and it says it up in the upper right-hand corner what color you are. So we were brown. And that's when you go into, what did you say that area is, where the table is and all that? Oh, that's in the uh, Millennium Falcon. There's the uh, uh, Holo Chess uh, table. Okay, so that's when you go into there, and they kind of give you a few minutes. It's really probably not long. It kind of probably felt longer than what it actually was. But it was basically enough time for your group to get some pictures at the table, and then they were lining you up. So they tell you to kind of, like, take a look around, check it out, take some pictures, and they'll call your not your color, and then you'll line up over there, and then they walk you through what your job is. So literally, we were there long enough, like I said, to get our picture at the table. We took a picture for somebody else, and then we were lining up. Right. They described to you what to do, and then you kind of walk right in there, and it really doesn't skip a beat. As soon as you're, like, in the Millennium Falcon, you're, like, buckling up, and you're going. <laughs> Nice. So, um, but it was good. I don't think it was too hard, and I don't think it was too rough. I know before that some people were saying for kids, you know, like, you definitely are not close enough to your kids to easily grab them. Like, if they Mm. were nervous or scared or didn't like it, you're not really in arm's reach. Uh, I would say that, like, the pilots are closest. And then, you know, like, it kind of, like, gets further apart. Okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? It, it kind of, like, goes in. So those two are sitting closer, and then it's, like, the space in, in the middle kind of gets wider. a little, yeah, a little wider in there. Huh. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, so Zach and Lucas were pilots, and... Zach was pretty impressed with the fact that, like, you know, he, I mean, like, he heard that you really kind of control it, but I think it shocked him how much, like, he was like, no, if I really went left, it really went left, like, the whole thing is very dependent on how your pilots um, perform, I would say, Okay. and I've also heard that if your pilots are doing really well, it will go longer, like, it's very dependent on how they perform as to whether you have a shorter journey or a longer one. Hmm. Um, So, I think, and what was it? If you want to be the one to jump to light speed, then you want to be pilot two, like to the right. You want to be in that pilot seat. Okay. Um, So they each, you know, and it says over the thing, like, pilot one, do this or that. Pilot two, it tells you when you're supposed to be doing something. Um, And then as far as, like, the gunner, there's an automatic and a manual setting. The woman suggested to us automatic. Um, 
but I want to try the manual one and see what right. the difference is because I don't know if I was telling you, but I kind of went in with the feeling like I was going to be aiming at something. Um, yeah. Picture, picture like yeah. a water, you know those, <laughs> this is what I had in my mind. I don't know why and it doesn't even seem realistic once you're sitting in there as to how it would work. But in my mind, you know those games where you have to shoot the water into the target and then like beat it to the top? Yeah, you're talking about Fossil Fuel. That's the uh, yeah, the game Land. over in Dino Land, yeah. Um, I used to run that game. Like, in my mind, I was going to have to, like, shoot those things and, like, move the thing around. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but once you're in there, you can see how that just wouldn't have worked anyway. But I don't know how much control. And, like, anybody that I follow on there hasn't really done manual either. Hmm. Um, so I feel like that. So I feel like the person sure. should have suggested manual for somebody that wants the full experience. You would think. Um, automatic. Thought, what's oh, the you're, point? You're a mom and a kid. Just do automatic. Yeah, I maybe. Um, but all I can say is for automatic, literally the little square lights up, and that's when you know you have to hit it. Okay. So it's like straightforward, um, and the, you do a lot. Like I feel like the engineers do the least. Mm-hmm. Basically, if something needs to be fixed, you know, because your pilot, I don't know, messed it up, then, but even at that, all they do is hit a button as well. So right. I would say if you want to sit back and take in the ride or, like, some people are wanting to go on there and, like, take video or something like that, you probably want to make sure that you're an engineer. And then if you want to go back and get the pilot experience, you know, do that, but you kind of want to like play it safe and take it all in but I don't know I feel like you'd probably get more out of it by being the pilot and paying attention to what you're doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. so um, it, it was longer than I thought it was going to be not in a bad way like there's just a couple of times where I felt like wow is that already over and then it would like keep you going you know right but it was really awesome it really was just walking in there and Seeing the whole, like, Millennium Falcon cockpit, you know, thing was just really neat. Cool. Um, and then, I guess... Uh, I was going to say, did you have questions or no? Um, no, so, I mean, the way that we kind of had thought it was, and you can... You know, this is a Disney podcast, so I'd say if anybody's familiar with Disney Quest, um, oh, right, right. I was kind of thinking it would be like the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, ride in Disney Quest, which is where, you know, you have your pilot, uh, you know, like your captain, and then you have your people shooting the cannons and stuff like that. So it felt like you get those different roles. Um, but uh, I know I asked you this, but I guess just for everybody listening, is it like that or is it not like that? Um, I would say it's not not really um just because you're not i don't know you had more like freedom to roam <laughs> in this one right in no i mean like well i mean in the parts of oh the where you can move not, like, back and forth right right yeah you can like jump around and like everybody is just kind of like doing something not that not everybody's doing something in this but you know what i mean like you're just kind of like reacting to what you see and you're running between things and trying right. to like take over if somebody's not there this is much more like you know you're in your place and you're going to do your job um but also just like 
I don't know. I feel like I want to do the pilot, the pilot position to kind of get another like feel for that aspect. Are you saying like, you're a better pilot than your husband, who is an actual no, no, pilot, no. or? But, like, you know, to be up there and really get a feel for what it is you have to do. Yeah. Like, how much you have to do. Um, but like in that sense, I wouldn't say it is like that because you're not like physically aiming things and mm-hmm. and kind of having control over it. I mean. Being the that's why I really don't understand what the manual would be because all the screen in front of you, so it's not like you have stuff to the side of you that you could aim or change anything about. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like hitting the button and you see on the screen in front of you that like the things are coming out and you're hitting these guys. You know? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. It just seems weird. so no, I wouldn't say it's too much like the Pirates of the Caribbean in Disney Quest. Okay. Um, how about the rest of the land? What is your thoughts on? Uh, you know, there's only the one ride, but going around the, you know, walking around the land or the, you know, big Millennium Falcon out there, the X-wing and all that. That was okay. So seeing the Millennium Falcon up close is like insane you know, awesome, and it's just massive. Um, While you're in line, too, like, at one point, the line goes directly behind the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, like, every so often, the Millennium Falcon kind of makes noises and lights up and kind of, like, I don't know, does stuff. (laughs) Um, And you can hear stuff, like, that they're getting ready to take off type of thing. Now, did you get to see, sometimes, like, Chewie and Ray do something at the Falcon? Did you get to see that at all, or no? We didn't. I, we did see Chewie walking around the one time. But he was kind of, like, going up the one ramp, and, like, he was walking away, it seems. Okay. Um, didn't see Ray. We saw another girl, and I don't know her name, but the boys recognized her right away that she was somebody. Like, she was a character and not just a cast member walking around. She had, like, um, short black hair with blue tips on the end, and she had, like, an orange jacket on. Okay, yeah, she's um, she's a character from a book, actually, and they brought her to life with, uh, with, the, um, with this land as well. Uh, if you watch the dedication service on YouTube for the land, she plays a part in it. Um, Along with Hondo. Hondo actually had a a part in the dedication of the land as well. So, um, yeah, I I would recommend looking that up if you're interested in in that. Um, But, yeah, so she did, or we did see her walking around, and then, of course, we saw stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh. I know that what I was going to tell you before is, so when we rode Star Tours, which we did after walking through Galaxy's Edge, um, I guess we hadn't been on there since they changed it up. Like, every one that we ever did was a lot, when they took you through the water with that big, like, animal when it came and, like, electrocuted. You know yeah, you got, the na- you got the Naboo ending before, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like almost every single time I went on there, is what I, that's what I got. I don't know if it anyway. always is this now or not. I have to look that up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we rode this one, and I didn't really think much of it. As to, I was like, oh, I feel like this is different. But I 
wasn't thinking about knowing it. You know what I mean? Like I knew mm-hmm. that they did it, but I feel like they changed it a lot recently, so I can't keep up. Um, so anyway, we do that, and at the very end of that ride, they had you landing in Batu, which I thought was really cool. Like I, I guess. I don't know, you probably told me at some point you're supposed to do that, or I read it, but I didn't put two and two together until mm-hmm. I was in that moment. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool, it has you land there. Like, I love how they did that. Um, so that was really neat, because we had already walked through Galaxy's Edge, and to see it, it was like one of those moments where you're like, wow, they really did do a really good job. Like, you literally felt like you just left there, you know? Yeah, it looks um, like that's the fourth ending. I don't know if it's always what it is. It doesn't say it is. But if so, that is... Uh, yeah, it looks like back in July it changed to random again. But let me check. Um, Yeah, it looks like that they are there are people getting other endings as of early this year. So you may have just gotten lucky and got the one that uh, I was gonna say shows we up. may have. I have gotten that one before. Uh but one oh. thing one thing I didn't know though cuz that was what was at it during the last Jedi. Um one thing oh, okay. I did, one thing I did not know is that Disneyland Paris's version opened in 2017, uh, which was only a year before I went. Um, so oh. that that's pretty cool because I got to uh, yeah I got to ride it while I was there as well, and I think that may have been where I first saw the Bat Two ending because that was um, the first time I was able to ride it since the Last Jedi had come out. Um, but I think I got it again when we were down there in March. So, yeah, I think I got two different endings when we wrote it in March as well. So. See, because I, think, I feel like, and this is why I think I was confused, because I feel like we had talked about it, and I had heard that they made it where it was, like, multiple endings, and I swear, every time we wrote it, I got the same one. That's just like, your bad luck. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they changed it before, and they decided not. Like, I was so confused. So then when well, there was one that, point during there was one point during the whole last Jedi stretch where that was the set ending for a while the the one with bat two and then they changed it back to random um they'll probably add something in during the rise of Skywalker, but they haven't mentioned it, so I don't know if they will now that bat two is open but um I would hope so uh just to you know you can still have it land in bat two, but I'd like to see some planets from. Uh, Rise of Skywalker in there when we go next year. Yeah, I so that was a nice little thing, and like you said, maybe we just got lucky that it happened that day and the stars aligned. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so on that end, yes, it's really insane just how detailed everything is, and that you really. I would say the one part that we didn't walk through, and I'm like, I kept thinking to myself, I really want to walk up there. And we just never went back and did it. But I can't even remember what that area is called. But it kind of looked like there was, like, some quick service up there. 
That was probably the cantina area. Um, yeah. Because that's the only yeah, quick service in there. Not the one where you have to have reservations, though. That's the only one, I think. Um, okay, so... So maybe there's shops or something up there. I'm going to be really bad at explaining this, but anyway. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me pull up the map. And I have see. a map. I should just go grab it so I can see what this stuff's called. So let's I found, see what, I found my map and I know what I was talking about. Were you talking about Ronto Roaster? No, I was talking about the market. The market. I don't see something called that on here. Is that the, uh, where is it located at? Hold on, I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, so they do have a counter service called Docking Bay 7. Oh, so they have other counter services. Good, good. Um, Stocking okay. Bay 7. So I just sent you a picture. It's where the, like, little entryway is by number one. It's, it's slowly going. That whole area back there, it's kind of like, so you come in. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying, because I feel like, I guess that's it. Um. Oh, this is definitely where I'm going to eat on Friday. Uh, Docking Bay 7 looks pretty nice. Okay, so you walk down that walkway. You said where number one is? Okay, see where the number one is? Yes. Okay, see that archway? Like, if you're going to the left on the path. There's that archway with the picture of the bathroom symbol. Uh, the archway, yeah. Okay, so basically if you were to walk through that, it looks like there was like little stands. Okay, so that's where the stuff. creature stall, the jewels of Biff, Toydarian, yes. Toymaker, Black yes. Spire outfits, yes. outfitters, and Cat Saka's kettle. Correct. Okay. So we never went through there, but it looked really cool every time I walked by that because hmm. we went down down the other path. Yeah. And um, straight onto the line. Feels like it's set up so weird. Like on here, trying to see where the yeah. Other I mean, the map from like Disney Experience looks a little easier to read. Um, because you guys came in, it. you guys came in through the walkway oh, by Muppet Vision, there. right? Yeah, and you walk by all that. Like now that I see where this other thing is, it's just like in my mind. I felt like some of it was closer. To yeah, yeah. Or like I passed something at a different point, but now that I'm looking and reading the thing, I think it's, I get it. Yeah, we only have three months until Rise of the Resistance opens, but, um, yeah, so you walk in right where Rise of the Resistance is going to be at, really. Uh, you walk in yeah. there. Yeah. That'll be on your left. On your right is an A-Wing. If you keep going, you'll run into the X-Wing and the Resistance Supply Shop. Um, then if you kind of go down this r loop here, that's where it would take you into the market. Uh, that also has Ronto Roasters there. Um. And then that little spot is, like, where, like, nine is, and there's, like, that line. That's, like, steps. Uh, hold on. I was looking at the other map. Um, nine is steps, you said? Like, you see where Right past there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That line across. Yes, yes, that's steps, yep. 
Yes, 10 is Ronto Roaster. Uh, now, 11 on your map is the Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Um, and then it looks like Millennium Falcon. So do you have to go... Is that the way you have to go? Is past yeah. Ronto Roaster to down past the Den of Antiqu Antiquities, down these steps into Smuggler's Run? Yeah. And then the Milk Stand's all the way over there. First Order Cargo, Oga's Cantina, Savvy's Workshop, Droid Depot. Yeah. yeah. So, really, the where everything is is in this middle part here, but there's going to be a whole other ride over here in this res Resistance Supply Shop over here. So, and to be honest, it looks like they do have some expansion room if they needed it. Um, yeah. Um, so, we only walked, well... Me and Nathan did go back through the droid depot. Okay. We never walked through Savvy's workshop or anything. And then I don't think you can. I think Savvy's workshop is the, uh, that might be where the lightsaber is built. It is. So, wait a minute. Let me see. There was something that we walked by. I think it was that. Uh, no, I think it was the cantina that it had a line. Um, Probably Ogos, yeah. And the door was, like, closed, completely closed. Yeah. And they were only letting so many people in. Yeah, that'd be Oga. Okay. a huge line at that point, though, to get in there if you wanted. Yeah, well, you know what? Talking of the milk, you said that you got to try some of Nathan's... Was it the blue milk or the green milk? Blue milk. So blue I milk. heard that the green milk is not as good, so we okay. tried the blue milk. And uh, what were your thoughts compared to his? Also, that's good to know for people that are allergic to coconut, not to get the blue milk. Yeah. Or the green milk. Or the green milk. Coconut. Okay. Um, so do they use actually, coconut milk, maybe? It, it might. And it's some kind of rice thing in there, too. It's like huh. coconut and rice. Um, but you, it doesn't, you don't taste that at all. But I did, for anybody else who has other allergies and needs to know, while we were standing there ordering, I asked, like, if there was any, like, if there was a way to know you know, allergen-wise, and they gave me, like, a folder that had a piece of paper in it, and it had um, okay. all the ingredients for each one. Cool. Um, so, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, so, that was $7.99 for the either one that you wanted, and then they have a version of each that has alcohol in it. Yes. Only in this park, by the way, not in Disneyland. Oh, see, I did not know that. Yes. Disneyland, you can get beer and alcohol inside Olga's Cantina, but the, only the alcoholic blue milk and green milk are in Hollywood Studios. Interesting. So, I was going to find, here we go. Um, so, the blue milk comes with rum for $14, and green milk you can get with tequila, also $14. Okay. And then they have a light-up souvenir sipper for $24.99, and that includes the milk in the cup at the time of purchase. Oh, it says right here, it's a plant-based blend of coconut and rice milk. 
Okay. Now I'm taking a look now at the map for Disneyland's Galaxy Edge. I was just curious here. So it is sort of the same. The way you enter through Frontierland, well, actually. Yeah, Critter Country, yeah, is the same way you entered through that wall. Um, so it takes you by Resistance, uh, Rise of the Resistance, which will open in January. Um, then as you keep going, then you see the Market and Ronto Roasters and Docking Bay 7, the Millennium Falcon, Ogas. Um, and then they have two entrances, one in Frontierland and one in between Frontierland and um, Fantasyland. So they have three ways into it over in um, Disneyland. Yeah, I, so we were also watching a video, I think I was telling you about that. Yeah. Um, on the differences. And I, there's a spot, if you haven't been there, it's kind of hard to explain, but there's a spot over by the milk thing mm -hmm. area. Yeah. Um, and they, have, they also have like a little stormtrooper store right there. Like First order um, cargo, yeah. Cool. And, um, That's probably Nathan's favorite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was hard to get them, all three of them out of there. Um, but over in that area, there's, like, this big archway with the, like, symbol. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they have that red, white, blue, like, thing, or red, white, black thing going with them, and they have, like, a circle with a symbol on it. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, um... That's the resistant. I mean, the First Order's logo. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, there's, like, a Through which way, sorry? It just leads to something different. What? This, what were you saying, sorry? Like, how where our Toy Story Land entrance is, they have an entrance in that same spot, but it goes to the Critter Country, I think, over there. No. Your entrance is the one that comes from Critter Country. The one with the archway thing yes. that Right by Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, then there is an entrance by Droid Depot, which comes from behind Big Thunder Railroad. Um, if you kind of go straight past the Mark Twain Riverboat and go right past Big Thunder Mountain. This is the way I went when I saw the walls being built when I was there. And then there is one when you walk to the left of Casey Jr. Circus Train and Red Rose Tavern, kind of making a, if you walk right through the heart of Fantasyland there, like Dumbo and King Arthur's Carousel, there's a straight line that you can go past Mad Tea Party, 
past Mr. Toads, past King Arthur, past Casey Jr., and that takes you by Big Thunder Mountain, and you'd make a right, and you kind of go underground in this tunnel uh, because of the uh, train that goes above, you know, it goes around. Um, and that takes you in by the milk stand in the First Order Cargo. Okay, yeah. So I have three different ways to get you in there. By the way, uh, that person that you were uh, talking about is a uh, spy called V. Moradi is her name. Uh, yeah. She's also in the book called Galaxy's Edge Black Spire, um, which is all about that, too. It just came out. Uh, it just came out on August 27th. Um, but yeah, she is a, uh, resistance spy. Uh, she, her first appearance was actually in, um, another book called Phasma, which is all about, you know, Captain Phasma. Uh, and also just some cool things to know about the, you know, where this is set in the story of, uh, Star Wars is that this is after the Battle of Crate in um, in The Last Jedi. So the Battle of Crate is that's the planet where you go to in Star Tours and then land on Batu. So that kind of leads into the story. After the Battle of Crate, the Millennium Falcon landed there uh, on you know um, Batu uh, uh, while involved in one of Hondo Onaka's endeavors. He's a character from the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, eventually, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren arrived at the outpost and took command of the First Order garrison, having learned that Rey was with a group of Resistance figu uh, fugitives on Batu. Also, something that I did not notice that is in the um, let's see in uh, where is this? In Solo, a Star Wars story. Not sure if it's in the movie or in another part, so I have to watch the movie again. Uh, but L3, which is the droid, uh, tells uh, Lando that... Let's see, where is it? I just had it. Um, tells Lando that without her, he could not get from here to Black Spire which is the Black Spire outpost at Batu. Huh. So, there you go. A little bit of referencing it before it even came out. Um, i got to get this book, though, by Delilah, uh, Delilah S. Dawson called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. i got to get that book. Um, they also have comics coming out about Galaxy's Edge, you know, so... What else do we got here? We got uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. That's the one I was just talking about. They have a young adult book called A Crash of Fate. They have a junior book called Myths and Fables. And they have some comic books. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic series. Um, a Crash of Fate is uh, came out on August 6th. And it's a young adult book. And it is about people that live in Black Spire. Black Spire Outpost. Um, and then the comic book of Galaxy's Edge started on April 24th and ended on August 28th, a day before 
um, California event, I mean, so Hollywood Studios version opened, um, and it has five issues, and the paperback of that is going to be available November 5th, and it is about, uh, it looks like Han Solo landing in, uh, that's what the cover has, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's a Han Solo Chewbacca story. Um, maybe? No, it can't be, because it says it takes place after Last Jedi. So I don't know why Han is on the cover. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe it's uh, they have a little part that takes place in the past. But i got to get uh, caught up on all that stuff. I used to read every book that came out, and i just got to catch up on it. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to say, and I know we had mentioned it before, but... Um, I learned a little bit more about what exactly it does. So, if you download the Play yes. Disney Parks app, um, mind you, this is the first time too that when I was in the parks, as I would get in line for something, my phone would like alert me through the My Disney Experience thing and be like, "Help do this through the Disney Play app while waiting in line." Really? Yeah. Um, it did it while we were in line for Slinky. Or maybe Toy Story Mania, somewhere over there, and when we were getting in line for Smuggler's Run. But I didn't do it because I was just kind of like, eh, you know. Um, I have heard though, that, like that's what it's for is to like. Yes. Do, yeah, we talked like, about it. Well, yeah. yeah, we talked about it before. But yeah, so you can but, even use it in soaring. There's some trivia game that's going on in the screens and the queue. I I, I downloaded it to play that before. Okay, so. Galaxy's Edge, if you download the app, there's like a lot of different things that there's like doors um, that you can walk up to and like you try to basically scan your thing mm-hmm. to get in and it, you know, tells you like no entry or it's, right. it, it interacts with you basically. Um, there's an area by the droid default section okay. where they have some droids sitting there to the side and then that big thing that I posted a video of before like that the guy got making noise and stuff yeah so basically they're like right diagonal of each other and like apparently you can do something particular and it makes the one droid like light up oh okay um it makes that other thing make a whole bunch of noise um it makes another droid like move a little bit mm-hmm. um but the other thing that I really want to try out that I thought was cool is that basically there's, like, all this cargo in different areas. And when you walk up to that, there's, like, a specific thing that you scan, and then it'll show you what's inside of Oh. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I um, it kind of reminds so, me of Star Tours when the, the in the queue the things are going through the conveyor belt, and it kind of just shows you on the screen what yeah. is in the bags, that kind of thing, but on your phone. So I, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool and like something interactive. It reminded me a lot of like the Harry Potter wands, like how you had yes. something to do throughout the thing. Um, and there was something else I was going to talk about with that. Not that, but uh, we watched a video on the lightsabers and stuff right. that they have to build. Yeah, they're 200 bucks. Um, yeah, they're $200. The droids are cheaper, which I found shocking, but Zach really watched this video and had, he knew, like, he was telling me all about stuff, but basically there's not a whole lot of choices for the droids right now, from what 
like. Mm. Um, so, but I think those are 100 and the lightsabers are 200. However, the droids, they have a $12 Bluetooth chip that you can get for it. Did you know this? No. Oh. What do you do with it? Uh, so it goes in your droid, and that's what makes your droid interact with things in the land. Oh, okay. So, say you get the droid, basically, I think you said there's How big is this droid? Four, uh, pretty big. I've seen people's pictures of it. it it's a pretty big, like, the one girl had, like, a BB-8 type of one, and um, I have no idea how to tell you how big it is. Probably the size of a shoebox if you stood it up long. Does that make Oh, I see. Yeah, so you can build, like, a little R2 unit or a yeah. BB-8 unit. Right. Um, so, um... It's probably I, about... Um, just looking at it... It's bigger than a Funko Pop, so you're looking at maybe yeah. six... Six, eight inches, somewhere around there. Bigger than that, but I could be wrong. Um, anyway, I mean, it like could these, be these Bluetooth chips. There's like four, three or four different personalities that you can choose from. So oh, that's you can cool. Pick one so that the droid would be like resistance or you know first order or something like that. Um, I think you said a smuggler and something else. There okay. was a couple of different choices, but anyway. So, when you're walking through the land, apparently, like, if you have a resistance one and you're walking through the first order, it might make some noise, like it's afraid or, oh, okay. you know, that type of thing. And they don't actually communicate with each other. Like, like I guess people were saying yeah, that no, droids, they, like, they are talk. pretty big. Yeah, they're like, uh... Yeah, they're real, I'm telling you, they're pretty big. Maybe 15 inches. Yeah, like yeah. A, a foot and some. Um. Anyway, so it, it's pretty neat. Like, and so anyway, to add that to it, it's twelve dollars. Um, for it to have that, I don't know, option. I guess is the word. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was kind of cool. The kids were definitely pretty into them. I don't think they really saw the the lightsabers, but I mean, at half the price, I feel like the droid's cooler anyway. Yeah. However, wow. I have heard that like if you have your lightsaber and you're walking through there, you know the characters get really interactive with you too. Like the characters walking around. Right. Um, None of these places have bothered to put a size on this thing. Um, I, I, I mean, like, I wish I could just, like, show everybody. I'm not videoing them. <laughs> but, like, I keep moving my hand to say how big, but, and I'm looking around, like, I don't know what I can compare it to. But it's definitely a very decent-sized thing. It, it would be very bulky to carry around with you the whole day. I yes. will say that. Man, they have decals for this thing. They have attachments and tools. Um, yeah, they have a whole bunch of stuff. Serving serving trays. Series and an R series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know why Zach said it's not that customizable. Like I'm looking. 
right now, and there's like a lot of choices for different color-wise. Yes, different colors, different components. I mean, you could even probably... Can you okay, have an astromech go. body and a... Yes, it looks like you can have an astromech body with a different head, maybe? I mean, like... Right. Yeah. Um, so this says, yeah, it's three chips that you can choose from. Resistance, Smuggler, and a First Order. Okay, mine would definitely be probably Smuggler. And it says it'll affect how your droid interacts with the land. Uh, each one is $100 plus tax. And right, and I think, you need, I think you need a uh, thing for this, though. Uh, a reservation. Quite possibly. I feel like you might too. But we were able to kind of walk in there and see it. It was really neat. Um, Check availability. Yep, I can go to the it site. and is not eligible for any annual pass holder discounts, though. Well, That's yeah, they do that to all of their big stuff, yeah. And it says, um, it is also worth noting the experience is limited to the builder and one guest. One of the two must be over the age of 14. And you are not allowed to let your your droid run free using your remote control throughout the park. Yeah, they do not have any openings when we're there. Dang. Well, they have openings today that we're recording. They have openings on Saturday the 14th. If you want to book one, um, do it at 9.30 a.m., Oh, it says there's no availability between 7.30 and 11.30. Well, what if I do 7.30 p.m.? Nothing from 5.30 to 9.30. So where, just tell me what the availability is. 3.25. I can go at 3.25 on Saturday if I was around there. Um, you know, you got to put your credit card information in. Oh, yeah, because they're going to charge you even if you don't go now. <laughs> yes. But they also have uh, merchandise in there, shirts and cups and keychains and stuff like that in the droid depot. Nice. So that is definitely on our list of things that we will want to do at some point in time, especially for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then, of course, there's the lightsabers. Yes, I don't which know are much about them. They have, like, four different colors that you can choose from, I think. Maybe five. Uh... Let's take a look. Um, if we go to, oops, that didn't work. Um, where is the lightsabers? Where is Savvy's? Is that where it is? Savvy's Workshop? Yeah, it should be in Savvy's Workshop. There we go. Hand-built lightsabers. Oh, it didn't work. Why did that not work? Oh. Here we go. I just, like, literally searched exactly that. Galaxy's Edge lightsabers. Light <laughs> Hand-built lightsabers. Okay, so you have... Uh, assemble your lightsaber, four hilt themes, and a... So you have peace and justice, power and control, elemental nature, protection and defense. Um, I don't 
don't think it has how many colors on their official website. It's a 31-inch lightsaber blade, though. Um, but I would assume it's green, blue, red, and purple. Um, those are really the only colors of lightsabers, other than in some comic books and cartoons yeah, of I think, I think black right. and Keep yellow. Yeah, I think you're right. them all off to me. I think that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it's got to be. Um, but I suppose, like, pic I mean, I've seen people with their pictures of them, and, I mean, they look amazing, just lit up, especially at night and stuff. Oh, I see the hilts that they're showing. Oh, man, they do look cool. Um, Inside of the, the builder's table for it looks really awesome. Yeah. It definitely looks like something you have to do at least once for the experience. Yeah, okay, yep, here's the... Blue, yep. green, purple, red yep. is what yep. I'm reading. Blue, green, purple, red. You get your kyber crystal, put it in the lightsaber. How does it yeah. turn out at the end, though? That's what I want to look at. wonder if I can keep making my kids think that those plastic lightsabers they build are cool enough. No. <laughs> Jordan's going to make sure they don't think that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Now I guess I'll have to build a lightsaber and a droid at some point. It says they uh, weigh about between two to three pounds. The droids or the lightsabers? No, the lightsabers. Okay. Blades contain LED lights. Battery packets fit it into the end of the hilt, accessible by removing the end cap. Okay. You are allowed to walk around Batu with this. There, yes. there. I know there was a guy out there who was saying that he spent $200 on this lightsaber for his kid, and then they told him to put it away. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not supposed to bring it... Well, no, you can have them in the park. Um, I know, like, at the college program, we couldn't have them in our dorms. We couldn't have them in our hotel, I mean, our um, apartments. Really? Yeah, uh, it was a fake weapon. Well, they said that... Basically, he got the wrong vibe because, like, one of the stormtroopers or somebody walked by uh -huh. him and said, put that piece of scrap metal, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, jokingly, like yeah. And people, all kinds of people were like, dude, you took it the wrong way. Like, that's them being their character. Right. Like, if you would have come across any of these other ones. And, and people were sharing all of their pictures, like, with Ray and Chewie and... That, you know, they've interacted with them about it, stuff like that. So, just to clear it up. Yeah. All right, well, I think that about covers Galaxy's Edge, right, as it stands right now. So, we'll definitely have to do uh, my impressions when I finally get to go. And then also, I guess, when we both get to finally experience Rise of the Resistance, revisiting yeah. overall how the land is with, with both of its attractions. Um, yeah, I Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I, I, I don't think so either. I'm still going to go early because I'd like to get it done early if I can and actually spend time walking around the land and not feel rushed um, right, right. the rest of the day. So, 
you know, early bird, get the worm. So I'll be an early bird that day. Um, yeah. Anything else before we jump out of here? There's nothing uh, real pressing, and we're kind of on an hour already. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I think that was it. All right. Well, uh, I can't wait. I'm so jealous of you, uh, especially I had severe back pain that day, so I was just jealous that you were able to walk. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, we you can catch us at, uh, you know, what's the Instagram handle? At Behind the Dreams Podcast? Yes, Behind the Dreams Podcast, yep. Okay. And uh, Facebook.com slash Behind the Dreams Podcast. Twitter at BT Disney Podcast. Uh, I think that's about everything. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll get back to our regular news next week. Because, one, there wasn't that many news anyway. So, catch you next week.